Good morning. For those of you who don't know me yet, my name is Paula Puckett. I'm originally from Washington, D.C. I'm married to Blake, and we have three teenagers. Um, and we've been living in Cambridge for about five years, um, and we're members of the congregation here. So it's my privilege to be able to open up um, the book of Ephesians to you this morning, especially on gift day. So because it's gift day, I want to give you the gift of scripture this morning, but I'm going to wrap it a bit differently than we normally do. So that's why you have a piece of paper with the text on your lap. I would like you, if you're willing, to keep that on your lap for the entire time I'm speaking. Don't put it down and grab that pen. You're going to need it, okay? So I want you to write all over your passage. So it's not going to look like this by the end of my time talking, but I'm inviting you to write all over it kind of like this. And that'll become more clear as we go on. And I hope you enjoy unwrapping the text with me this morning. But before we look at the passage, I want to tell you a very short story. Those of you who don't know me may not know that I am an avid sports fan, and I'm a rather fanatic tennis fan in particular. So last summer, when I was writing my master's thesis, I realized that the O2 Arena was hosting the ATP World Tour Finals at the end of the tennis year. And I thought, you know, hey, I live in England. Maybe I'll have a chance to see my favorite player, Rafael Nadal, before he retires. So I went online, and being the economical person that I am, given that we have three teens to put through American University in the next few years, I wanted to, get, to be generous and get the whole day's package, but not really spend too much money, so I got kind of the, the economical seats. So the day before the big event, I learned from the friend that we'd invited to join us that Rafael Nadal was going to be playing that day. Oh, this is going to be great. So we make our way down, and sure enough, and the, and the seats were OK, but they weren't great. So we were kind of high up, and we got to watch three matches before Nadal even came on. But as the day progressed, it occurred to me, gosh, you know, when he plays this evening, it'd be really nice to have better seats. But I wonder if I can afford those, because we had treated um, the friends that were with us. So it occurred to me, I wonder if there's a way to ask about getting upgraded. And in my mind, I had a mental number. This is what I'm willing to pay for this upgrade potential. So long story short, in the break, we went to customer service and asked, is there a way to be upgraded? And they said, well, if you go inside, find customer service, they might be able to upgrade you. OK, we go in, find customer service part two. Can we be upgraded for the evening session? Oh, well, not at this gate, but upstairs in the third floor customer service, they might be able to help you. All the way up there, find it. It's huge arena. We go to the gate. Um, we've been here all day. We have seats um, for the evening session. But we were just wondering if there's a possibility of being upgraded. And he said, yeah, here's three tickets. And on the seating chart, the right about here, enjoy. Um, how much are, um, enjoy. Free. Free seats, second row over the player's entrance. So as Rafael Nadal walked into the stadium, he was probably about right there. Oh, what a gift. That's just a tiny picture of a lavish and generous gift that God gave me. I literally walked away, and my friends in the room can attest, walked away with those tickets and went, yes! <laughs> because I was amazed by the generosity of God to me. 
But this passage that we're looking at today, that you hold in your hands, is the generous gift of God to all people. Way more generous, way more lavish than me getting tickets to see Rafa Nadal, who, by the way, is playing in a few hours, so. Before I read this passage to you, I want you to pay attention to two things as I read it through. Now I'm going to sound a bit like a school teacher. Okay. I would like you to pay attention to any words or phrases that grab your attention while I'm reading. And if they grab your attention, you can just like the words. I want you to circle it or underline it or highlight it. And pay attention to any words or phrases that are repeated by the author. So write all over it. Okay, let me read. Ephesians 1, 1 to 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons and daughters through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. This is about halfway down the page. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Thanks be to God. So what words or phrases grabbed your attention as I was reading? You can just shout them out to me, especially loud since I won't be able to walk around. In Christ, In Christ thank you. Lavish. Lavish, thank you, love that. Anything else? Say that again? All things, yes. Guaranteeing our inheritance. Yes. Every spiritual blessing in Christ. As people are shouting these out, if they strike you anew, you might even underline them or circle them. What else? Redemption. I heard something else. Freely giving us. Good. Now, did you notice any words or phrases that were repeated that haven't already been mentioned? In Christ, yes? In him, yes, which are the same. Grace, good. To the praise of his glory, good catch. Yep, three times. His will, yes. His pleasure, good. Say that again. 
made known to us? Yep, excellent. Now we're going to look at it a little bit more closely, bit by bit. This is a letter, as many of um, the books in the, after the Gospels in the New Testament are. A letter in the ancient, um, in the, that first century, would have had a, a greeting, and we're going to look at the greeting now. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know how much is packed into those three lines? We're going to look at them so carefully. You're going to find out that author, something about the recipients, and a summary of the entire book of Ephesians. So look carefully at it. Who's the author? Paul. Who are the recipients? To the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Paul is the author. He's an apostle. He's sent. He's writing to the saints in Ephesus and in Cambridge in 2018. That's my insertion. (laughs) Saints to the holy ones, the faithful, but not just the faithful, the faithful in Christ Jesus. They're not just saints and faithful, like faithful to keep their word or pay their taxes. They're faithful and saints in Christ Jesus. That's imperative. And that in Christ Jesus is going to become one of the major themes that runs through the book, through this passage and through the book, or through the letter. So if you didn't circle in Christ Jesus right there, you need to circle that. (laughs) And we have the themes summarized. Grace and peace. Now we as as 21st century readers or hearers might have just skimmed over that and said, oh, grace and peace. No. Grace, this is an incredible free gift. Grace, it's not about us earning it. And peace, who needs that? Something good is coming. This is an amazing gift that we're about to unpack. Grace and peace to the saints in Ephesus and in Cambridge, to the holy ones who are in Christ Jesus, and we're going to unpack that. Now, the rest of the page, if you can believe this, starting with praise be to the God, all the way down to the end, is one sentence in the original Greek. Wow. Wow, Paul. That's a run-on sentence if I've ever seen one. Okay, so let's look at the next sentence. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. I don't even know if that's the first couple words in Greek. It's a sentence to me, but it's just the bit, the first bit of the next sentence. But we have to stop there because there's so much in there. We could probably spend the rest of the morning just there. So God, Paul starts out, blessed be God, praise be to God. He's calling us to praise, and this is why. Because there is a God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us, not, this doesn't say on earth, in the heavenly realms, in the places where we can't see the spiritual realm, with a few things. Every spiritual blessing in Christ. Present tense or past tense? Past tense. 
already done, already accomplished, has blessed us already in the spiritual realm with every spiritual blessing in Christ. That's something to carry you through this week of work, through this month, through the rest of your life, right there. You can hang this on your mirror. Amazing. What a gift. As we keep going and digging into this bit by bit, I want you to pay attention to two more things. I know I'm asking you to work hard this morning. I hope you don't mind. I want you to pay attention to two more things. Each time we read, who is the subject in the sentence? And if there's an action word or a verb, I know I'm bringing you back to high school English. (laughs) Grammar school English. I'm not going to make you dissect a sentence, but if there's an action word or a verb, who is doing the acting? And what action words apply to God and which ones apply to us? Look very carefully for that. And the second is, try to figure out as you're listening what's already been completed, what's ongoing now, and what's into the future. Okay? So let's look at the next line. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons and daughters through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. We'll stop there. Oh my goodness, I can't, I mean, the gems in those next few lines... Let's see if we can unwrap them a bit. The theologian John Stott writes about these couple lines. Before creation, in eternity before creation, God had an idea, and it was of you and me and Jesus. That's what those lines tell us. Before the creation of the world, he chose us in him. We were chosen before, in eternity before creation, to be in Jesus. And to be holy and blameless. That's our calling. To be in Jesus and to be holy and blameless in this world and in this life. To be his chosen holy people. And then that idea that God had, that chosenness, the way it looks is that we would be adopted as his sons and daughters into God's family. So that is your identity today if you are in Christ. And I should add that some of you in this room may not yet be in Christ, and that's okay. You may be investigating faith. Wonderful. I'm so glad you're investigating faith. This letter is also for you an invitation. You can be in Christ, and you'll find towards the end of the passage how you can be in Christ. But if you are already in Christ, this is true of you. This is your identity. And it's unspeakably good. Nothing we put in that bucket is anything compared to the unspeakable generosity of this. Let's keep going, starting with in him. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. Do you hear the change in verb tense? We've been talking about what God has already done, and now we have redemption through his blood. We have salvation 
through the blood of Jesus, we have forgiveness ongoingly of sins if we are in Christ in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he, what does it say? Keep looking down. Lavished on us. Do you use the word lavish often? I don't. But I think it's the word I'm going to take away from this passage. And if you didn't circle it, please do. Circle it, draw lines around it. Lavished on us. If I had asked you this morning to give me three adjectives that described God, how many of you would have said lavish? He's lavish. It means to give freely without measure, with no limit and no end. That's the God we have. There are, you might be beginning to get a sense that there's so much in each line of the, well, each line of this one sentence that we could spend hours and hours looking at the gems. I'm just trying to highlight a few things. I'll try to move a little faster. Okay. And then he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment. Sounds like the future to me. Will have reached. To bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. Wow. So God is not only lavish, but he is the revealer of mysteries. He has a will and a plan that he purposed in in the heavenlies before time began, but he reveals it to us. And it's in Christ, and through Christ, and is Christ. In this passage, if anyone counted, if anyone counted up the repeated times that Jesus was mentioned, his, by, by pronoun he, or Christ, or Jesus Christ, 15 times in 14 verses. Is there any doubt that the generosity of God is wrapped up in the person of Jesus? So let's look briefly at the second, um, or at the final, well, I, I, wanna, I don't want to call it a paragraph, but on here it looks like a paragraph. Let's look at the end of the sentence. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Anyone catch anything different towards the end of the sentence that we hadn't seen before? And you also, yeah. We have a few things that are very similar. We have four more in Christ, in him, in Christ, in Christ, and in him. But I found a verb that applies to me. Up until now, every verb I found in this entire text, who was the subject? Or more specifically, God himself. God blessed, God chose, God predestined, God freely gives, God lavished, God made known to us, God purposed, God brought all things or will bring all things in heaven and on earth together. Here, I hear the word of truth, you hear the word of truth, and having 
believed. If you haven't circled that, that's the first time we have action where, our, where the word applies to us, having believed. So this lavish gift that Jesus is giving us, that God is giving us in Jesus, every single bit of it God has done. God has done this, 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 this. We hear the word of truth and we believe. That's how we receive it. And later in the book, the next chapter, Paul will say, for it is by grace you have been saved. Free gift. Through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. This is a gift to everyone who believes. Anyone can hear these words of truth, and anyone can choose to believe it, and then you have received it. Sadly, many people in this world will choose not to believe it. But if you are in Christ today, it's because you have believed the word of truth. And this is all then true of you. So, let me just try to wrap up for a moment and highlight a few things I want you to remember as you um, head out. Like any gift, we have to receive it. So that has implications for us, but also as we try to share the goodness of God with everyone. Keep sharing the goodness of God with everyone. Keep praying that they will receive it. But scripture tells us that people will choose not to receive this gift. But we get to live in response to this passage where we have a lavish God, a lavish God. This week, as you face the trials and hard things that will come your way or throughout the rest of your life, could you remember that God is lavish? And I want you to think this morning, do you think of God that way? Or does God seem stingy, distant, uncaring, not generous with you? If he seems that way to you, that makes me sad because that's not who he is. And I would love for you to pray today or this week, God, I would love to see your lavishness to me. Because if you become convinced that God is lavish, lavishly good, that he gives such good gifts without measure, it will transform not only your life, but your ability to share the goodness of God with other people. Because I can't think of a person I know here in Cambridge that doesn't need to know this. We have a lavish God. And I think, sadly, sometimes as believers, we live as if God is stingy and a party pooper. And I think when I got those tickets to, to see Rafa Nadal, I got a taste of his lavish love for me, that he cared enough. I, we don't know why those three tickets were sitting right there, but they were connected. There were three tickets just waiting for me. What is, waiting for God, what is God waiting to give you that will show you of his lavish love for you and generosity? So I think this morning I'll end by saying I think we need to live as people who remember God is lavish. And how would it change your life if you lived as if he was that good and that generous? But here's the thing. Don't leave here convinced that he's not. Because the God I know 
when I say to him how I'm struggling with believing something about him, if I admit, Father, I, this says you're lavish, but I feel like there's a disconnect. I don't see that. Would you help me to see that? God will. I have never asked God to help me understand something that's in Scripture about him that I can't currently understand, that he hasn't then moved heaven and earth to help me understand. So if you don't believe it, ask. And then come tell me next week what got poured out on you, either this week or this year, and look me up in the future. He will pour out his lavishness on us. And so that is the God to whom we give our gifts this morning. So let me close by praying for us. Father, praise be to you, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Thanks that you are a God who lavishes goodness on us, who pours out unspeakable riches on us, and who has even marked us with a seal of the future promise, our inheritance that you are keeping in the heavenlies for those who are God's possession. Would you help us to be people who understand and experience how lavish you are? And if there's a single person in this room who does not know that about you today, Father, I pray that you would reveal that to them. Pour out your lavish goodness and help us to be people who point others towards how good you are. In Jesus' name, amen.